Hi, good morning. Good morning. How, How are you, you doing? doing today, Jacob? I'm doing fantastic. It's a beautiful, windy Los Angeles windy morning. Los Angeles, Pasadena morning. Mm-hmm. I always specify Pasadena. Yeah. Because I feel like that somehow is different than Los Angeles. Like it's like it means it we're is. not in we're not it in don't we we're have not our, in Hollywood. You know? Don't we have our own police department? We have like, our own we have our own everything. Pasadena is the best. It's its own city. It's its own I, I don't know why I decide that I want that I want to be separate from from like the Hollywood uh, you know. West LA uh, Valley image. I probably shouldn't. It's perfectly. Those are perfectly great places. No, it's fine. There's something I don't know. I just keep wanting to specify. Well, I think I'm not in Los a, Angeles. I'm in Pasadena. I think Southern California in general, especially LA, is a city that doesn't have a lot of like loyalty, like like to the because it's such a revolving to their neighborhood. Yes, it's such yeah. a revolving door. People move here and then they take off, and so you don't have that like pride of your town. Like if you live in New York, if you live in Boston, there's so much like pride about living in those parts of the world. Whereas when you're here, I don't know, we have a little bit of LA pride, but I think Pasadena pride is something we got. Pasadena really, has pride, I think. Let's let's. But do you know what else might have pride? What people in Northern California might have pride. That's true. They might. And what? You know, I wish we could find that out somehow. I wish we could somehow have somebody on the show from Northern California to talk <sighs> about the pride. If only someone would call in. Oh, who wait. Was in, wait, what? Wait, we do. We what? have a guest today. I told you the guests were going to keep coming and just keep coming. Jacob, are you kidding me? I have another guest on the show, very special guest. I'm excited to introduce our guest for today from Alchemist Farm and Garden, Francesca. So oh welcome gosh. to the Biofriendly Podcast, Francesca. Francesca, welcome to the podcast. Why, thank you so much, gentlemen. Our, our opening question, then, obviously, is, uh, is first of all, whereabouts in Northern California are you from? North of San Francisco is where I'm living currently, about like an hour and a half in Sebastopol. But I'm originally from oh. Santa Cruz, which has so much pride. Really? Oh, there Santa you go. Cruz See? Pride. So if you're from it. Santa Cruz, you brag about it. Oh, you're I like, I'm it. from Santa Cruz, and that's awesome, which it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you said the name of the town, because when I looked up Alchemist Farm and Garden, I looked at the name of the town, and I was like, Sebastopol. So, so how do you say it? It's a Russian name. Russian it, immigrants came and they they named it uh, Sebastopol. So we have a sister sister se- state over in the Russia homelands. Sebastopol. <laughs> Sebastopol. Do you know what it means? I wish I did. And now I sound so inarticulate. <laughs> I do not. Okay. Well, do you know, well, okay. But San, you know what Santa Cruz means at least. Yeah. What does Santa Cruz mean? Saint Cruz. Yeah. Oh, well, there. <laughs> and there and your and the college. Uh, the, I've always thought that the college uh, mascot was the best at UC Santa Cruz. It's the banana slug. Am I correct? Isn't it right? is. Yeah. <laughs> the banana slug. Yes. For real. For real. Do they have a like a person who dresses up like a banana slug and dances around a field? I don't know that. Do you know that? <laughs> Do, is there a banana slug? I didn't go to UCSC. No, I came up here to Sonoma County to go to college. So oh, that's nice. how I ended up here. That's no. how you ended up in Sebastopol. Okay. Yes. But you are a California native. I am a California native, which is also this point of pride, right? There's a yes. lot of transplants, but no, born and raised. Yeah. yeah. Me too. Yeah. Noel is as well. I was born. Well, then I left briefly for just no. like a year when I was little to Australia, but that doesn't count. Then I was back and yeah. then I've been 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 basically Pasadena area border. That's why I have Pasadena pride. That's right. Pasadena yeah. pride. Yeah. Dina of the Pasa. Well, so that was a nice tangent, which is know, what we do. Well, that's what we do. <laughs> I mean, if Francesca has heard the show, we are known as being tangential, but worth it. So it does happen from time to time. But I'm excited to have her on the podcast today because if you, I mean, right now you need to immediately go to the Google, go to the Bing and search alchemist farm and see 
just all the awesome and amazing things this place is doing. And I really want to give you, Francesca, a chance to, to open up and tell us a little bit about the journey so far, like how you ended up working in this line of work and, and what led you to the farm. And uh, just want to know about your, your story a little bit. It's a really dynamic one. There's so many different directions we could go with. And I think the segue of introducing me on the show and the pride of where someone comes from is a, is a good way to start because we, we really love the land. We love the soil. We love our earth. We feel like we've been given such an incredible gift here. And, uh, my husband and I have always wanted to work as best we can with it and to honor it and spend as much time outside in nature as we can, because when we're outside, we can really appreciate the seasons and what's happening, work with them. And we originally were always having a small garden here in Sebastopol, dreamed of having a larger piece of land. And when the right land popped up, we jumped on it and came over here. And I've always had chickens in my life. And we got a small flock of chickens. And before we knew it, seven years later, now we're a full scale, humane breeding and hatchery for chickens and quail. And we are focusing on reducing our carbon footprint and educating other people about how they can do the same, uh, reducing waste. We're really big on being plastic free. Our home is as close to zero waste as we can get. And our business is 100% zero waste and plastic free. It runs on renewable energy. Every problem that we seem to be facing right now in the world ecologically, we feel is just a, an opportunity to rise to the occasion and get creative with some solutions. And our farm has been this like amalgamation of that, of that rising to the occasion. So what we do is we, we're, we focus on chickens and what chickens can bring to people's lives, mostly around the reducing waste front. You know? Yeah. Um, there's a lot more to talk on that, but we, we sell baby chicks and fertile hatching eggs for folks and they ship them nationwide. Every week we're hatching out a couple hundred baby chicks and popping them in the mail to people and educating people on how to keep chickens. So on the surface, we are a chicken farm yeah. that uh, raises fun heritage breeds that have really wild egg colors. And then if you scratch a little deeper, you'll see all of these amazing, fun advocacy things that we're doing to try and empower other people to be making some positive changes in their life, small or large. That is awesome. That so is terrific. awesome. And, and so many follow-up questions from that opening because know. of how wonderful that was. That was so wonderful. Thank you for nailing it. That was a, that was a good description Actually, of the journey. Actually, you know what? That's it. We're done. Thank We're you for done. the podcast, Thank you. It was ladies the shortest gentlemen. podcast ever. One. She's we'll awesome. See you. We'll see you next time. <laughs> that was it. No, I, okay, first of all, you, you, uh, you remind me so much of the uh, our editor-in-chief uh, of the, of the mag, our e-magazine, Tara, when you talk about getting outside and how much you love being outside and seeing the seasons and yeah, and being, being connected out. to earth. Oh, that's so, that's so her message. Uh, yeah. if, you, if you, for those, for those of you listening who, uh, who probably, I mean, you'll pr- probably you all ready go to biofriendlyplanet.com, but go that uh, Tara, uh, who, who edits that she's very much about that. And you'll see a lot of what, what is kind of discussed on that site is that exact kind of topic because of how important it is to actually get out and be, if you're in nature, then you'll start to care about nature, and then you'll do something about nature generally because people kind of do sure. what they care about. So yeah. it's really awesome to hear you start off like that. But okay, but 
I want okay, there's a couple things that you pointed up on that I, I wanted to point out for our audience. One, different colored eggs. So we, as a as a, uh, a society who lives in, in mass egg, uh, you know, yeah, uh, eating, yeah, uh, we all we ever see are are either the white eggs, which are which are the white ones, or the ranch eggs, which are all perfectly browned and exactly the same color. But when you visit people who have chickens, you notice that the, the eggs are different colors. Could you please go into that for us and explain a little bit for our audience? Uh, how how the, how eggs actually are normally in nature and and, and, and all that kind of stuff because yes. that's an interesting topic. Great question, Noel. Thank you. <laughs> that's a great question, and that is one of the first awesome segue questions that gets people excited about their food sources, where their food comes from, how it's treated along the way, and it's like our first line of um, of communication with people with the farm because the colored eggs are so visually pleasing. Totally are. Go to our website or our Instagram feed. You'll see, oh my gosh, there's these chocolate browns, these speckled, these speckled crazy dinosaur-looking eggs, yeah, these yeah. eggs with purple speckles. Like, how is nature doing that? Why am I not seeing that in the grocery store? Yeah, yeah. Well, the greater food systems that most of us interact with every day because we're buying things from the grocery store have roots that we don't see because they're having to create food in mass for people. Chickens per capita in the world are the most abused animal in the world because uh, people like view them as an animal almost. They view them as like vegetables, right? Right. So they right. think, you know, it's okay. We can just keep the chickens in the warehouses. They never need to see the light of day. We're going to get them to produce all these, all these eggs or meat in a certain way. Right. In college, I would always spring the extra money for the cage-free eggs. Yeah. Like, yeah. I really want to support that. But I didn't yeah. realize the cage-free still meant the chickens were in a warehouse. This is a wow. really a sad thing. Yeah. But when it's for, for our farm, whenever we will will introduce people to some sort of a sad concept, we always want to give them what the solution is. We're not just going to drop some sad bomb on someone like here and now be depressed the rest of your life. <laughs> right, oh, well, right. then you are the perfect guest for the, this podcast because that's exactly <laughs> what we're about. Yes. So thank yes. you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, all right, kindred spirits. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, like, so, okay, so here's the problem. Like our larger factory food systems are pretty harsh on animals. Sure. So how do we get away from that? Well, first we realize it's happening. And so the colored eggs allow people to know, oh, there's this whole other world out there. Why am I only seeing white and brown? Right. That's amazing. Eggs are laid by the pearl leghorn, and it's a really high production bird. And they'll lay sometimes even seven eggs a week. So not even like one a day, like sometimes multiple eggs a day. And then and then they're moved on. And the brown eggs are from birds that don't lay as heavy, but pretty, pretty heavy. So the colored egg layers will lay maybe one egg less a week. So a little less productive. So the larger scale farms won't pick them up because they don't want to deal with the lack of production. But any small scale like home backyard enthusiast, you'd be getting plenty of eggs for your family. A family of four with three chickens, you'd be totally fine for eggs for a week. And then you could be getting all these beautiful colored eggs. That's amazing. Amazing. And they taste the same, of course. Let's let our audience know that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah. So a lot of people ask me, gosh, can you eat a blue egg? Yes, you absolutely (laughs) Like the 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 color of the outside of the egg does not influence the taste of it, but how the bird is raised 100% 
influences the taste. So if you buy an egg from the grocery store, you know, just like the 99 cent for a dozen, you crack it open. The yolk is usually pretty pale yellow. Yeah. The yolk, it kind of like fall flat. It's kind of like flaccid, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But if you get eggs from like the, the farmer's market, then yeah. the yolk is going to be a little bit darker. And and if you tap it with a with a fork when it's raw, it kind of like bounces back like, whoa, there's a lot of like, integrity in that. Wow. Yeah. And if you're in like a backyard setup, then those yolks are going to be super dark. And if you're doing it right, those eggs are going to be way more nutritionally beneficial to your family because an egg isn't just an equal egg across the board. What, of course, you're putting into it is right. what you're going to be getting out of it. So Which only makes sense, right? Totally right. But a lot of people just don't think about this. Right. They're like, you know, I'm buying my egg. I'm getting my protein. I'm getting my nutrients. But no, it's all about what you're putting into it. So if you have chickens in your backyard, you can be getting colorful eggs and something that's way more nutritionally dense for your family. And tastes better. Yeah. It tastes, it tastes so much better. And yeah. you need to eat less of it, you know, so it's less wasteful overall. I didn't have breakfast. And right now I am starving. <laughs> I am so hungry. Like immediately once this podcast is over, I want to jump in the car and go find some like be speckled eggs and have them for <laughs> breakfast. No, what I think is amazing about the fact that Noel asked that question, and this is something that we that happens with us all the time. I spend every day of the week with this guy. We've done this show together. We literally like sometimes finish each other's sentences and it's adorable. But that was the first question I was going to ask because the when I saw Alchemist and I went to all your you know your media, I saw the eggs and I was like Holy moly. I had no idea that eggs looked like that. And then the, the fact that he opened with that as his first question, it kind of blew my mind. So it really does open up that conversation about like, a, I don't think I understand how the egg process works. You know what I mean? From how I how I've lived my life going and buying the cartons in the in the grocery store and to see it like that, it does open up so much more. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, you realize that chickens are are, are a diverse yeah. species and that there's lots of them that they lay all sorts of different kinds of eggs and that they're really they're interesting, amazing, amazing animals. Yeah. Yeah. Um Okay, so there's not. We have. I have some some friends who have uh, who have chickens, and that's why I, I have so many questions about this. That I want to make sure that the do. audience, <laughs> so the audience can can know some of this stuff. Is uh, can you tell me a bit about? Uh, I, I was told that because eggs naturally have a protective layer around them, that if you have your own chickens, you don't need to refrigerate the eggs. Is that true? And if so, can you explain that? Yeah, that's totally correct. Wow. So think about way back in the day before refrigeration. What were farmers and homesteaders doing? Yeah. Well, had, everyone had their small scale livestock set up. You know, everyone had like some sort of dairy cow or goats and chickens. Chickens have been with humans for eons yeah. because they travel really well. They're easy to care for on the veterinary front. They're really straightforward. And with just a little bit of input, they'll give us so much back. Like chickens, the humble hen is such an incredible ally. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. That's awesome. What? I'm forgetting the question. I'm yeah, the, the the little layer that that covers the egg to protect it. What what oh, is what is okay. that? So what did they do before the before refrigeration? So they a lot of people would have root cellars and they would pack the eggs in straw. Yeah. And as long as the egg is laid clean, yeah. it doesn't need to be refrigerated because this protective layer is a bloom over the top of it. It's almost it, it's a microbial protective layer because the egg is osmotic. Wow. Eggs mm. eggs can bring in bacteria. So wow. once you've washed off that bloom, it's kind of like taking off the egg's clothes and suddenly wow. things can get into it. 
the knowledge is being dropped so hard on yeah, me right and that's, now. And I in, did not know any of this. Yeah. <laughs> and, and in the uh, and you know when when you're getting your eggs from just the store, in order to make them look nice, they do they wash that off. So you have to refrigerate them, and you have to you, then they have a, a sooner, exp- a quicker expiration date, and they're hey, there's a lot more problems to it. Yeah. Yeah, correct. So there's a lot of possible issues of getting different diseases, mm. coli, salmonella, things like that. The eggs have been washed, most likely because they were laid in an environment that wasn't the cleanest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you're collecting eggs from your backyard, you can be checking in every day and changing out the nesting box bedding, and then you can be collecting the eggs clean, and you can leave them on your countertop. You're saving the refrigerator space. If they're speckled or different colors, they're beautiful. They're really visually pleasing. Kids are excited to eat them. People love getting them as gifts. And you know when an egg is bad. It's like milk. You know, there's no question there. You crack it open, and you're like, cool, I'm not going to eat that egg. You're not going to possibly <laughs> get yourself sick, you know? Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's so funny. If you do get eggs that are a little soiled, then you can wash them off right before you crack them open. But you don't right. want to wash them and then put them in the fridge because yeah. you're taking off that protective layer and possibly pushing bacteria into the egg. Right. Wow. Which doesn't make any sense at all. Why do you want more bacteria all in right. your eggs? You don't want that. You don't want that. <laughs> so nature really is perfect. When we back up a little, just get out of the way and look at what's naturally happening in nature, yeah, it's perfectly designed. The eggs yeah. have this beautiful little packaging, which is plastic-free. Like, you know, it just doesn't need to be packaged in anything else. You can pop that right in your backpack, hard-boiled, good to go. I, I love like, it. I'd like to suggest that at the tag at the end of the show, nature is perfect. Is a it new is. is a new slug at the end of the show that we throw out there. So, you know, when we so list long, all the things, so long so as we nature, add in, so long as we add in, just look at eggs. <laughs> just look at eggs. Yeah. Just like oh, so nature so is perfect. Nature is just perfect. look at just eggs. Just look at eggs. Okay, yeah, we'll put that I, as one I of our love tags. It. That's going to be a tag yeah. at the end I mean, of the show. You guys look at how a chick hatches out of an egg. Have you seen any of these? Yeah, I, yes, my my daughter at her school because uh, when she was in, in uh, when she and my son both actually were were. Uh, were you know, in, in uh, elementary school or like in preschool through their early inter- elementary, we sent them to like a hippie style school because, you know, we're, we're, we're you're, totally you're Pasadena green we're parents. Pasadena green parents. <laughs> Man. Um, so, so, uh, so they, they totally had chickens and they, and they got to, they got to care for the eggs and hatch them and then have the chickens, you know, running around the school. It was pretty fun. So I got to see, I got to watch that. Yes. But please uh, describe the experience for, for, for our audience. Cause I don't know. I'm the Jacob resident, I'm know. the resident ignorant host. <laughs> So please illuminate me. Nature is so perfect in its timing. From the moment that the egg goes into an incubation process, it's 21 days until a chick hatches, like clockwork. Wow. Wow. And that chick comes out of the egg, you see, holy smokes, it had no room in there. Like it was perfectly like nature does not give extra space and it doesn't leave a lack. So when you see that, it's such a good metaphor of, man, if humans just pay attention to the space that we have and take care of it. We're going to be totally fine. Like the chickens don't need to take up too much. They don't take up too little in these eggs. Like nature provides. All we have to do is just work with it. Right. Yep. That's Absolutely. Amazing. It's it, it's it's true. It's it, it is interesting when you think about the concept of of, uh, of evolution, right? And natural selection and how they work. The the whole idea that over time and there has been a lot more time on on earth than i think people realize i think people try to they they think of a billion years or four billion or however many yeah and they even 100 million years and you try to conceptualize it and it's so many that you just can't you just don't so people don't quite understand it that much time of of just naturally selecting the most optimal route to make the next child and continually doing that forever and ever and ever you get perfection yeah. that's what you get yeah. like that's 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 the whole point of it that's why it survived yes. because it figured out i've got to do this 
this specific way. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Every time there's something that wipes something out or gets rid of something else, then those things that were able to survive that mm-hmm. continue. And then they flourish, and then you have more perfect, yeah. and then it just keeps going. I and that's it. and that it works. Nature, nature works. Mm-hmm. The system works. Nature <laughs> Leave is it perfect. Alone, people, nature is perfect. Look at eggs. I love it. It's <laughs> a good, good phrase. <laughs> Look at eggs. <laughs> Francesca has uh, when when we first got in touch with each other, I, her job title at the at the bottom of her email is head chicken wrangler, and I was like, what a great job title. I just love that head. Chicken Wrangler. I don't know a lot of people that get to throw the word Wrangler in their in their job title. I I just imagine you, Francesca, with with a lasso. Yeah. On on the back of a of a of a horse wrangling chickens, <laughs> trying to get them in place. And I don't know why. That's what I hear. Wrangler. I, I think, think that's of... a perfect <laughs> mental image right there. That's a beautiful image, you guys. Have you ever chased a chicken? I <laughs> I have yes. not, but I bet you Noel has. <laughs> I'm going to call it right now. I bet you Noel has. You know how fast a chicken runs, Noel? They are fast, and they're <laughs> just, wily. They're just fast enough to make you look like a dork. Yes. Yeah. It runs seven miles an hour, so you feel like you're wrangling. Oh right. my gosh. Right. Oh, that's oh, hilarious. I don't chase right. them anymore. You know, I, like chicken whisperer would be like a better like tag at the end of the email but it sounds so darn arrogant so i'm like no i'm just gonna keep wrangling yeah. wrangler is cool wrangler is way <laughs> cool because i've never i've until i had children i never wrangled anything yeah no, you know what i mean no. like up until i was a parent wrangling had never entered into my life as a thing right but now that i have children i absolutely have wrangled but i've only wrangled my own children i've never wrangled chickens i've worn wranglers before like the jeans sure. but i think we all have like brett favre <laughs> like Beth- Fred Favre. So, uh, but anyway, so they, so those, those little things are fast, huh? That's pretty. Well, then they're wily and they can also fly a little bit. Like they can jump and kind of get up and out of your way. They're fun. Yeah. (laughs) That's great. I did need some exercise, get some chickens. I'm telling you every, every problem to your life, chicken is the answer. (laughs) You know, I grew, maybe that's the tagline. I grew up. Give me a problem, guys, and I will tell you the answer in the chicken world. So do we swap out the tagline for chicken is the answer? Because that's even better. <laughs> for every problem, the chicken is the answer. That's amazing. Uh, See, I spent a little yeah, time. Like, you're, are you depressed? Have a chicken. Get outside. It'll yeah. get you into a rhythm. You know, are you anxious? Have that rhythm. Get outside. Get oh, a chicken. That's... Got dementia? Get a chicken. You can collect that egg every day and be so stoked. <laughs> Francesca, yeah. this is brilliant. You are now it. you are are now a chicken on the ground reporter. You know, yes. like, like we're, we're gonna we're gonna have we're gonna have a, and now we go live to Francesca. She's got a chicken on the street. Chicken you know? on the ground reporter. <laughs> and now for our chicken on the ground reporter, Francesca, what's going on in the farm? Yeah, that's yeah. great. If that's it's great. out there, I've seen it. People send me photos of all different scenarios. I've heard all different stories. We've got some miniature chickens, the world's smallest chicken, the Cerama. Really? They're no bigger than a Coke can. What? And they go up to a senior center here in Healdsburg, and they're therapy chickens. I'm oh, telling you. Chicken wow. is the answer. They go and they sit with the seniors. They like, burk, 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 next to them. It's so sweet. Oh, this is the best. I'm so very excited about this. <laughs> so the, there was another another thing that came up that I that I couldn't help but but uh, but want to come back to on your on, okay. your, on your opening uh, you know in your opening monologue that we gave yes, you. Yes, yes. Um, like, did you, this lady. This lady needs to be wrangled. <laughs> <laughs> Francesca it's needs her own me. wrangler. <laughs> you actually suit this show so perfectly because everybody in the show needs to be wrangled. Yes. That's the whole point of it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So you said the word mailing chickens. Yes, yes. I did. I did catch that, and I was like. <laughs> Wow, mailing chickens. Can you please elaborate on mailing chickens? (laughs) 
Yeah. So this is a thing. Okay. People don't always live near a, a feed store or sure. a pet shop. And feed stores, if they do carry chicks, will only carry them for a little bit of time. They're also just these big open bins that anybody can put their hands into. And you don't know if people are introducing their microbes from their farm into there. So you could possibly be getting an unhealthy chick when you bring it home. Like this is a real deal. In Southern California, you guys are dealing with Newcastle disease. That's a that's an issue, you know. What, what is Newcastle? Is that Sorry, the chickens that? drink uh, Newcastle beer and, <laughs> and they it, get uh... drunk and they stumble around? <laughs> no. What, what what's Newcastle disease? It's a highly communicable chicken disease that was brought over from Mexico from cockfighting birds into Southern California, and it's causing oh. all these issues with backyard enthusiasts down there. And so the USDA is like clamped it down. Oh. I can't ship into Southern California like other states don't want people from California to ship. Luckily, we're nine hours north. And right. We have really good biosecurity. So we're really protecting our flocks. Our flocks are closed. We don't allow visitors onto the farm, which sounds so unfriendly. Like, I'm a friendly person. You can hear it. Yeah. 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 I can't I can't allow people onto the farm because they might be bringing different microbes in on their shoes. So Newcastle disease is just something. It's, it's a chicken disease. There's many in the chicken kingdom. So you, you want to be careful if you're going to the feed store. So some people don't want to go to the feed store and buy chicks, so they order them in the mail. They order them from a reputable hatchery like ours. Right. Okay. So right. they just go through the USPS in these really special boxes that have ventilation holes, and different hatcheries do it all different ways. And we have, in the past when we've ordered chickens, we've received them and seen how they were shipped and weren't too pleased about it like if i was a baby chick i wouldn't want to be shipped that way so we're always striving to do better and give the the animals better so we ship our baby chicks with a special little reed mat so their little toes can grip on so they're not sloshing around in the box yeah wow we put a little heat pack so they're warm and they can cozy up and we give them these little biodegradable cups full of something called grow gel which acts as their nourishment and their hydration for the journey and they get sealed up and we've shipped to every single state alaska hawaii all over our, our little babies are out in the world which feels so cool that we get to create a good energy on the farm really work with our soil work with the birds give them a lot of love and then send that out into the world it just feels like little pieces of our of our mission and our heart in different people's backyards and we get photos of people with you know their kids and their birds it's a really sweet community building thing so totally legit to get chickens in the mail wow so is the paperwork a nightmare when you're when you're filling out the paperwork to ship a chicken you know, over the years, I've gotten to streamline it, uh, but it, it was a lot to figure out. All of our birds here on the farm are tested a couple times a year by the state to be free of various diseases so that we can ship over state lines. Yeah. They come draw the blood of every single chicken to make sure that they're healthy. So it's, wow. it's a lot of steps that we go through. That's all the, you know, the boring paperwork shuffling yeah. backside. Of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, it probably was a boring question to ask. I'm no. personally interested because we <laughs> <Noel> have a- <laughs> loves paperwork. I love is paperwork. What he's, he's hinting. No, at. <laughs> I hate paperwork. But but we uh we one of the one of the things that we we have here at Biofriendly is this, we we work a lot with chemistry because we we work with with cleaning fuel and making fuels cleaner. But when you're dealing with chemistry, you're dealing with chemicals, and not all of them are are easy to ship. Right. Because some of them are dangerous and right, for their right. own own reasons. So so I just think uh, I, I think about the paperwork of sending around chemicals. And I was like, wow, the paperwork to send, you know, a, a living a living being. Thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Somewhere else like that must be a, a headache. Yeah. Which you know, our, our audience is probably like, <laughs> dude, you're talking about paperwork for posts to the post office. Why am I listening to your podcast right now? Oh, it's so fine. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I have I have an interesting piece of paperwork that is exciting that goes okay. with the chicken. All right. I, I love interesting paperwork. Yeah. Let's so, hear it. 
there is that backshot paperwork that nobody sees. But what people do see when they receive our boxes is that our packages are all completely plastic free. That's awesome. Awesome. And that's something really unique, especially in the poultry world. And so when they get their box, it comes with all the like boring paperwork. And then on top of that is a, hey, here's a way that you can keep this box that the chicks were shipped in out of the landfill. You can use it for sheet mulching for your garden or composting. And then we talk about how to go into that. We talk about how chickens, when they are older, can be eating all of your kitchen scraps. Uh, Everything aside from coffee grounds, citrus, avocados, and bone they'll eat everything else. And that's keeping that food out of the landfill. Right. So the the food in the landfill causes methane, lots of issues on the ecological front. But if you're just keeping a small flock of chickens, they can totally take care of that problem for you. So you're turning a waste product into food for them, which then they in turn give you protein and eggs and fertilizer for your garden. It's this beautiful loop. And we hope in sending out that paperwork that it gets those wheels turning for people that might not have already been thinking about it. It's like a gentle limitation of like, hey, here's this whole other way of life that we could just be thinking about our waste in a a different way because there's a lot of waste out there. There's a lot of plastic. It's causing a lot of issues. But one step at a time, hopefully with that beginning moment of that box for some people, we can make some changes together. Yeah. (laughs) Have you – it's so interesting you talk about zero waste and you talk about, you know, zero plastic and uh, and also the care for the animals and also this – I mean there's – this goes into poverty. It goes into hunger. There's so many topics, and, and what I'm leaning toward is: Have you ever uh, thought about about uh, embracing the United Nations, <clears throat> excuse me, Sustainable Development Goals? And have you guys ever looked into that? And because it seems like you would be pretty close and pretty easy to getting a United Nations Echo label of some kind, or being being uh, you know being part of that program, which is really neat. Um, it's just something I. I I bring up again something else I probably should have brought up off the air, not in front of everybody <laughs> in our okay. audience. No, but it's, it's cool. You know, are, we, are you familiar with we, it? We, uh, we, we, like, we, we, we've, we've signed up and are part of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals as a business. Um, for our operations, we're, we're going zero waste in in all of our facilities, but we've already started with the ones in Latin America. We have we have a second one opening soon, and then uh, in Northern California, we're in the process of doing the same thing. But it's kind of a neat uh, a neat program. You can become part of a community of, of other zero waste people, and then you also kind of help the United Nations and their, their goal uh, by 2030 of, you know, saving the planet. <laughs> I've never heard of it, but I would absolutely love it. There's then, so many different things that I feel like a lot of people wait for like a top-down approach of solving a lot of these problems of climate yeah. change or different ecological destruction. But we, on our farm at least, are like, you know what, we're just going to start from the bottom up. Yes. Like we are some humble chicken farmers and we reach people of all different like socioeconomic uh, platforms, people of all different ages, and let's just get this message out. And it's been received really well because people right. want to make changes and don't always know where to start. So I would love information on that. Yeah. One question that we are a part of is the 1% for the Planet Foundation. Cool. And when I first saw them, I was like, man, like 1% for the planet, like, come on, like, that's all you're going to donate? Like, what? <laughs> Cheapskates. But then when I, I looked a little deeper, like I was like, is this just a big like greenwashing thing? You know, yeah, like is this a sure, marketing thing? Sure. But when I looked deeper, I was like, no, like there's so many philanthropic things out there, but not a lot is donated for ecological benefits. So I was like, yes, okay, we're going to sign up for that. And my daughter, who's seven and a total like ecological powerhouse, so sweet, introduced me to the children's eternal rainforest, which are, it's this beautiful, um, preserve in Costa Rica that was started by elementary school students many, many years ago where they just wanted to protect the rainforest. They bought you know, something like 10 acres and then other people were so inspired that over time they raised enough to buy something like 
60,000 acres that is still now one of the large, largest preserves. And they educate locals. They they empower people around to like protect the rainforest and not poach. So a huge portion of our proceeds, more than 1% because we want to donate more, but we yeah. just put ourselves yeah. out there as 1% because we want to like educate the world on them too. Sure. goes to support sure. the children's eternal rainforest. That's yeah. great. And that's that's a great that's a, a, actually kind of to my to my point, which is I'm so glad you mentioned that is the, is I think the pe- thing that people don't quite realize when you join up with organizations like that uh, and you support them and become part of them, what you do is you empower those organizations and help them to then grow and get the word out in places where you might not individually be able to, because you're working on your problem on your your you know your life what you're working yeah. on. So it's yeah. a it's a it's a good thing to to look and find these find these groups and, yeah. and help them out. So we'll send you some info on the sustainable development goals and you can check it out. It's pretty cool. And we will uh, we'll look at the, uh, the 1% for yeah. the environment. That's yeah. great as well. I one, lo- 1% for the planet. Is for the planet. Thank you. 1%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, one of the things I loved about you sharing about the packaging um, and that one little thing is that's a big part. You may have caught some of that um, from the show and how much in sync that we are is that environmentalism can seem like a, a daunting task. You know, to, to, to save the planet is so much for one person to hear and go like, what, what, what am I supposed to do? You know, but the, the thing like your packaging, it really does start that tipping point of that one thing that the person does or experiences and goes, oh, it's just making this small adjustment. It's just starting here. And then maybe that will have a domino effect in the rest of my life. And so I really love that about your story of uh, Alchemist and how you guys are sustainable, renewable energy. And, uh, and just, it's just, it's just very inspiring. I'd love to come visit someday, but I guess we can't, right? <laughs> I'd have to put you in a hazmat suit and booties. It's a great look. I, We'll do that in a heartbeat. Can we put on hazmat suits? That's going to help the show. That's only going to be more (laughs) hilarious to look at. (laughs) The thing about making those changes, you know, I I felt the same when I really, my eyes were open to how much waste was out there in the world and the state of what's happening ecologically. I just was crushed. Man, how on earth do I get out of bed and look my kids in the eyes? And the next day I was like, okay, pray about this. Yeah. I'm not going to roll up into a little like armadillo ball because that's not going to do anything. Right. All this extra energy that can be translated as anxiety, I'm not going to feel anxious about it. I'm going to do something. That's right. great. And so just I'm going to make one change. And that change felt so good in my heart. It was like, okay, I'm going the right direction. Let me make another change. And so whenever I'm presented with whatever, like I'm, I'm using air quotes right now, these problems <laughs> that the world is facing. I we can see it. it. Don't worry. We, we can, can see, totally your see the air quotes. Yeah. They look good. Yeah. Air quotes are happening. Yeah. I just see it as an opportunity to rise to the occasion and get really creative. It's how we were able to make it happen with our packaging, how we were able to, like none of our birds are in breeding cages. That's a huge deal. They're all out on individual pastures. They're rotated. Um, every other month. So they're constantly on fresh grass. We're really working on regenerating our soil. We're a no kill hatchery. That's completely unique in the chicken keeping world. Any other hatchery you purchase from, they're killing all their male chicks that no one's ordering and wanting. We box them up and we give them to local families that are impoverished, usually migrant families that are coming in for the grape um, harvest and tending of the vines. They know how to work with rooster meat. They raise them wow. up on their food scraps and it's a protein source for them. So this is something that's like a, again, air quotes, waste problem product that can actually be doing a lot of good. And yeah. I feel like if people apply that to each one of their business sectors, suddenly we're doing a whole world of good. One little, one little change, you know, even yeah. if it's just, you say, okay, I'm, I'm a listener right now. I'm 
listening to this. I don't have a business. I just have a home, you know, like I'm a mom. What do I do? You know, I'm a stay at home mom. There's so many things you could do in your own house. Just look in your trash can and be like, man, I'm throwing away a lot of that every week. What can yeah. I sub out for that particular thing? Right. That's our that's that's our mantra right there. I mean, because because the, the, the thing about it is, is, is you if you do one thing, if you do one thing, it makes a difference. And sometimes people think, well, it doesn't what does it matter if I if I don't do that? Well, no, but that one thing, that one thing makes a difference. And then doing that one thing kind of makes you part of the solution and you do feel it. Yeah, you start to feel like, oh, I'm, I'm being I'm being helpful. And then you start to start to think with, well, if I'm helpful with that, maybe, you know, you'd start to try another thing. And then suddenly embracing a few things, while it seemed impossible to start with, it's amazing how it becomes easy after a while because you just start to change the way you're thinking. And even if you are listening to this podcast and you just want to laugh and you don't want to do more than one thing, that's fine. Then, yeah. then just, you know, talk about <laughs> talk about the one thing you're doing and have people come listen to the podcast and they can learn one thing. And maybe that person <laughs> will try two or three things. Yeah. And yeah. that's and that's kind of the, the, the mantra is if you're part of the community and you're talking about it and you're getting involved in the conversation and you are making some kind of even minimal effort, it makes a difference. And that's 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 how we're going to get out of this and turn our turn this planet into a better place. I agree. Preach. All those little changes, when you look back over the course of a week, a month, a year, even if they felt like they were nothing in the moment, you look back and think, holy moly, like yeah. this has yeah. actually made a huge impact. Yeah. We got a, yeah. a grain silo, and so we get grain that is bulk as opposed to bagged. And each time we have the grain silo filled up, it's 4,000 pounds of grain. We get that every six weeks. I was wow. doing the math today, and I was like, whoa, that would be 460 of those large 50-pound grain bags that were plastic that can't be recycled that we're keeping out of the landfill every year just because of that one little the infrastructure One choice. Shift. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's very impressive. Well, I feel like this is you're one of those guests that we could literally spend like the next five hours talking to because you're fun and I love learning all about this. But we do need to start wrapping things up. But I wanted to ask you if there was a story behind the name Alchemist. There was something that uh, that that brought you there to that alchemist farm. That's a great question. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, so that that was my husband's doing. Oh, okay. the, the the chicken the chicken business is is my brainchild, and I have the most patient, amazing husband. You know, when he said I do, he said I do with like thinking maybe he was going to have three chickens in his life. Not 300. Uh, right. <laughs> That's off to him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's great. So the alchemist for him and for both of us now is about transforming one thing into another. Nice. And so here on the farm, we're always transforming the soil, which when we first bought this place was just completely dead and dusty into something that's flourishing with life. And from that, that, that soil becomes pasture. The pasture becomes feed for the birds the birds eat that and lay eggs. Those eggs are turned into chicks. Those chicks are then raised up to be birds. And then those birds go into that cycle again. So we're constantly transforming one thing into another. And now that we've been going for a handful of years, we look at it as, you know, transforming problems again in the world into solutions, even, you know, problems of the heart. Like this, this idea can be translated into anything in life, you know, ecology and, and otherwise. We always send out a little a little magnet with our with our orders that says, I am an alchemist making one positive change in my life as a time, transforming the world one positive change at a time. And so each of us, we can transform the worlds around us. We can all be alchemists. We invite everyone to be an alchemist. And, and that's why we chose that name. 
Ah, it's beautiful. So what I'm hearing is that she turns eggs into gold. Yes, that's what she does. <laughs> is that correct? Is I, that what I, is that, you I, nailed I, it, I nailed buddy. that one? Yeah. You nailed it. Well, no, well, that's really, that's a wonderful, because that, that's, that's a wonderful a thought. It's, and it's, an exa- it's exactly, that's exactly right. Let, you know, let, let, uh, let nature do things the way uh, it was intended to do those things. And then, yeah. you know, foster an area that, that allows for that. And next thing you know, you've transformed, a, I don't want to say dust bowl, because I don't know if it was that, but you've, but I'm going to say it for, for dramatic effect. You've turned a dust bowl into a garden of Eden. Oh, I love it. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Francesca, it has been so great having you on the BioFriendly podcast. Um, it just, I, I learned so much. Um, I'm, I, I, I really, I actually want to know more now. I want to know more about chicken farming, about food systems. And so I, I think that we're just going to have to have you come back. I, you know, I yeah. think that that's going to be a must. But so in the meantime, before you do, before we go away, yeah, yeah, how can our, how can our audience get chickens or eggs of their yeah. own from Alchemist? We've got a great website that lists all of the different breeds we work with and the colors of eggs they lay. We also talk about helping you go plastic-free and zero waste if it's something you're interested in getting a little more info on. And that website is alchemistfarm.com. Great. If you're a social media person, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram under the same handle, Alchemist Farm. We're out there. Alchemist Farm, go go check Alchemist him out, everybody, because this Do you know it. she's doing wonderful things, and and, uh, and and it's really exciting to hear about, and uh, we're excited to find out more, as Jacob said in the future. Yeah, yeah. Get, get your chicken in the mail from Alchemist Farm. <laughs> I love it. I'd, I'd love to go to my mailbox and be like junk mail. Uh, bills. Hey, a chicken! Oh, and it comes with this this needle magnet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's got to get a cool <laughs> magnet too. I love it. Oh. Thank you so much, you guys. Yeah, we yeah. really, really appreciate you taking the time. And, uh, you know, I'll send you some of that stuff. And, and um, let's figure out another time we can talk down the road and, and learn some more. Because I, I think we're just cracking the egg. <laughs> 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 so, I know. If you guys give me, like, some really concise questions, I can be more concise. I'm sorry. I'm a lady of way too many words. No, I actually think you were incredibly concise, and there was so much, like, helpful information that you were really able to uh, make understandable, I think, for somebody like me, an entry-level uh, person. Yeah, an entry-level <laughs> chicken, I am. Um, but I, I think it was really helpful. But, yeah, next time we'll dig into some more specific things that that, uh, that I know you're passionate about. You've got a lot of stuff uh, on your plate. Uh so he says that more. Francesca, but it's not going to happen because on this podcast we don't ask concise questions, nor do we, <laughs> nor do we expect concise answers. That's true. <laughs> we, Why? Who am I fooling? <laughs> let's just have you come back on and let's just go for it again. <laughs> let's just chat. Which is uh, good too. I mean, when you guys first wrote to me, I was like, "Damn, where have these guys been? This is awesome!" Like, uh, yes. sometimes I can feel like a little ecological island, right? Yeah. And yeah. Here's out there was like you know what yes thank you it's the yeah. same tone yeah there's enough like drama out there in the world yeah it's bad but you know, know what we can we can still be light about it and have some joy and make the changes the same yeah, yeah. that's it's awesome t- it's most awesome because francesca just is the no i'm not the only person who's ever dropped an s-bomb on yeah. the show yeah. I'm the, I'm the, you know it's okay it's okay I've got, I've got my editing chops that i can do a nice little whoop, whoop right there so <laughs> Which oh just God. means that you're the best. Oh, oh yes. I'm, I totally. Actually, I'm so glad you just made that joke because I'm going to put a book. You have to. <laughs> you have well, to. I could do like a whole show on chicken language. Let's, I mean, the, oh. the stuff over here is dense. There's roosters have a language. Let's do it. Let's have a biofriendly podcast called Chicken Language. That sounds rad. We'll do it live. We'll do and it live. And in person in hazmat suits. Okay. Done. <laughs> I love it. Done. 
That sounds amazing. <laughs> if you guys want to come visit, you're welcome to. All right. Oh, we uh, want to. Great. Thank we you. We want to. We'll bring our hazmat suits. And the same for you. If you ever happen yeah, to make your way down to Southern California and Pasadena specifically. If, if you're ever in Pasadena, not if you're staying anywhere else, but yeah. if you're staying in Pasadena, <laughs> feel free to stop by. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how, well they, how do I how do I tell people about you? How how am I going to get this info out? All right. Well, I'm going to be sending you everything, but you can find the Biofriendly podcast on iTunes, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher. It's pretty much everywhere in the world. We have a YouTube channel that shows the video version of this um, that you can go follow. YouTube, it's a Biofriendly Planet. And then we have uh, we have our Instagram, which is at Biofriendly Planet. We have our Facebook, our group. Our Facebook group is called the Painless Green, and that's a, a, a cool community where people can come in and talk about the little things that they're doing, the painless changes that they're making in their life that are making the world a better place. And then we have our Twitter, which we have two of them. We have Biofriendly One and Biofriendly Planet. No, Biofriendly Blog. I'm sorry. Yeah. So Biofriendly Planet was too long. It's on too Twitter. many letters. Do you know that no. Biofriendly Planet is too many letters for Twitter? <sighs> they don't. They don't let you do it. They got to ease up on their on their <laughs> it's rules. Ruined everything. Ruined They're everything. They're not friendly. No. Yes, but that goes for uh, for your, for you audience members as well. Don't forget to tell your friends that you can search on any one of your favorite podcast platforms for the Biofriendly podcast and subscribe and subscribe. Or you can go to uh, to uh, Alchemist Farms. Yeah. Go to alchemistfarm.com. Yeah. Farm. It's farm. singular, not plural. It is. There's Don't just be the dumb. one. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks again. We probably should let our audience go. We, we eventually have to end this podcast, yeah. but we're going to have you back. And, and thanks again for coming on. Have a great week. All the best to you and your family and all those beautiful chickens. Thank you so much. All right. Take all care. Right. Bye, Francesca. Bye. Bye. Fantastic. What a fun guest. What a fun Francesca guest. Francesca was amazing. So I think I remember... Some of the catchphrases. So okay. let's let's go for it. So thank you for tuning into the Biofriendly Podcast. I'm Jacob. And I'm Noel. We are your beacon of light in a gloomy environment. Not just charismatic megafauna. Uh, parasympathetic. Greater. I think it's greater. Greater parasympathetic nerve activity. That's correct. Yes. And then it is uh, nature's perfect. Nature is perfect. Look at eggs. Look at eggs. Or... Chickens are the answer. <laughs> we kind of, it's one or the other. I it's think. one or the other. But we I gotta, feel like, I feel like, look at, I mean, the chickens are the answer is good. It's good, but you're but right. Not it's got to be nature is perfect. Look at eggs. Look at eggs. Yeah. That's totally, that, that has biofriendly podcast all over it. All over it. So thank you guys for joining us. Uh, we definitely hope you go check out Alchemist Farm um, on all those platforms. And uh, we look forward to having her back because she was a blast. She was a blast. Absolutely. And so are you. And so are you. That's a smile. We're doing a smile, in case you're wondering. Yeah, what? we're doing a smile. Sorry, we're, we're doing a point at a smile. A point at a smile for those people who are... We probably got to turn this thing <laughs> Do I end it podcast. off? Okay. I mean, at some point, they gotta, we got to you know, these people not listen to the show anymore. It's the Bio-Friendly Podcast. It's the Bio-Friendly Podcast.